Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Tim, for that, and also, and yeah, at this time, children are dismissed down to get ready for the Christmas program that's coming up, but just for the record, it is not Christmas season yet. We're still in Thanksgiving, so let's be where we're at here. Next Sunday, we will start our Advent series. Tim will be bringing a series here for the Advent, uh, but that will start next week, but just wanted to thank, um, along with Katie here this morning, just the many volunteers that it takes to, to make today happen, and, and just uh, Carla and Suzanne who are helping with the kids, preparing all this time for that, you know, half hour on Christmas morning that the kids get to come up here and do their thing, and just the time and energy that they put into that, and also just the many other volunteers that it takes just to, just to do what we do here as, as a church. Um, it actually takes 61 volunteers each Sunday to do a service here um, for Sunday school and for the church service. It actually takes 35 people, volunteers, not staff, volunteers, every Sunday just for this hour that we're spending here together. So there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes, a lot of people doing a lot of things that really don't get thanked unless something goes wrong, like the sound guys or the video guys, you know, you never know they're there until something bad happens. But thank you to those guys that do that tirelessly in and out, and we just really appreciate that. Um, this morning, I do want to bring to you the, the Thanksgiving message, whatever that means, but just a thankful message, a standalone message here on being thankful and being grateful. And um, I found myself in preparing for this message at a totally different spot than what I was last year. Last year, I had the opportunity to give the message as well. And ironically, um, even though last year, personally, I was going through, uh, us as a family, we're going through a, a, a tough season. Um, for those of you that have been visiting or are new since last year, uh, my wife Tanya does have triple negative breast cancer, which is an uncurable kind of breast cancer. Uh, she's been having chemotherapy for the last year and a half here, responding well. Things are stable. But last year at this time, we were actually spending a lot of time, especially over the holidays, a lot of time in the hospital with some touch-and-go kind of things. We weren't sure uh, exactly what all was happening, and so it was during that season of when I, I came and shared with you a message on Thanksgiving, and ironically, because I was going through that time um, I, and experiencing it firsthand, I found myself just walking in seasons of grace that I never felt before, seasons of just peace that I never felt before, that I knew it was God and not me kind of thing, and we felt that as a family, and we were able to see God's hand in the midst of these things. Um, and I actually felt last year in, in delivering that message of, of coming from a place of authority, of basically saying, hey, you know what, I can encourage you in this because I'm sensing this and I'm seeing this, and no matter what you're going through, you can do that. And I found myself speaking from a place of authority. This year, I feel a little different, to be honest with you. I, I feel a little bit um, like I'm coming to this message a little bit like, Greg, you need to hear this just as much as anybody. You need to work through this just as much as anybody. You need to choose to be thankful just as much as anybody. So th this morning, I'm coming to you from a place um, of just of, of attention, of just wanting to thank God, wanting to praise God, but just having a lump in my heart. And, and yet wanting to do that. So this morning, that's where the message is coming from. And, and you know, there's a time and a season for everything. 
There's a time for us as a church um, that, that we celebrate together. There's a time that we mourn together. There's a time it's appropriate to cry together. It's appropriate to um, be silent together. But then there's also a time that we should be joyful. And there's times and seasons that we should celebrate with those. And the uniqueness of the body of Christ is as we gather here today, all of us come together, we come with so many different avenues. Like uh, Jan had kicked off the, this morning, that idea that you might be coming in a, in a season of your life that, that is just a blessing and things are going great. And you know what? As a church, we want to celebrate with you in that. We, we do. We honestly do. And there are some that are going through some, some of the toughest things they've ever faced in their lives right now. And we want to mourn with you as well. And so there's this tension of what is appropriate. How do we do the right thing at the right time? And, and maturity is learning to do the right thing at the right time, to say the right thing at the right time, to respond in the right way at the right time. And <clears throat> believe it or not, for those of you that, that know me well, you're, you're not gonna, this isn't going to be a shock. Believe it or not, I, never, I, I didn't always, and, and might, you could still argue, uh, have the ability to sense when the right timing was to say something. I don't know why my wife is nodding her head right now. I'm not quite sure on that, but uh, there might be something there. But believe it or not, I didn't, I I grew up kind of as um, what you would call a class clown. And, you know, there were just some things that would happen that you just have to respond to. You can't, you just have to. And there were seasons and times where it was appropriate and everyone's laughing and we're having a great time. And there's, next, there's other times where maybe even doing the exact same thing, well, it, it led me with some discussions with my teachers. And it led me in some ability to spend some quality time inside during recess and writing sentences on, on, on the chalkboard. And it, it led me to develop a great relationship with our principal. And, you know, there are just times where I had to learn and be trained on the right time, the right season to be doing things. And there was, there was one time I remember in, in, as a family, we were all at the cabin together and we're sitting around a campfire and it's a nice evening and it's, it's the whole extended family, right? So you have your aunts, your cousins, your grandma and grandpa, and it's, it's I don't know, 40, 50 people. We're all around the fire. And it's the end of the day together, having a great time, just, just sitting around the fire. Well, somehow us cousins found these things called, I don't even know what they're called, like throw-down firecrackers or poppet crackers. They were, they were little white things that had like powder in them, and if you threw them down, they, they popped. They explode, you know, nothing that's going to burn down the forest or anything, but just, you know, they were fun, you know, and I'm not sure how we got hold of them because no right person would give them to, to kids, but we, um, I thought that it would be appropriate or, or funny um, to, to throw this under someone's chair as they're unexpected and, and to see the reaction. And I thought that was a good idea. And, and honestly, did, a lot of people did because there was a, a, a big response, which you always want of shock and, you know, everyone's laughing, everyone's kind of, not everyone, but most people are laughing, cousins are all laughing, we're having a good time. Well, my, my dad didn't really seem to think that that was the appropriate time or measure. So he, he lovingly took me behind the cabin there away from everybody. For some reason, took off his belt. I'm not quite sure what that was about. But, you know, lovingly encouraged me that doing that to your 80-year-old grandmother probably is not the appropriate time 
the appropriate thing. So I, I had to learn what maturity is. What, and I'm, st I'm still learning. For those of you that know me, you're like, yeah, you're not there yet. I'm still trying to mature into learning what is the appropriate thing to do at the appropriate time. But I did find that there are some things that you are fairly safe in engaging in. There's some actions that we can do that you're going to be fairly safe that you can do pretty much any time. And a lot of those come from the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. You know, they, they fit among pretty much any situation that you're going to find yourself in to be, you know, loving or to be gentle, to be patient, to have self-control. And, and this morning's topic of being thankful also transcends all situations. No matter what we're in, no matter what we're going through, and choosing to be thankful is always in season. It's always the right action to do. And the, the Bible tells us this in some of these tough verses that First Thessalonians, Paul writes, always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, for those who belong in Christ Jesus. And in Philippians again, Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, I mean, these, these ideas of every situation, all circumstances giving thanks is hard to do. It is. I, I'm there with you. And this morning, like I said, I feel myself at that place needing to hear these words again and what do they mean. So, this morning for the text... I would like to do, um, the, use Luke 17, uh, 7 through 19. You can turn in your Bibles, but we're going to do something a little different here this morning with the text. And um, uh, it's a familiar story. You've probably heard it. If you grew up in the church, you've heard this story, and they might even be doing it in the nursery. I mean, it's been that long. But it's a story of 10 lepers. So I believe I have 11 volunteers, 11 willing volunteers here this morning that, you know, the youth group, junior high, maybe, you guys, if you can come up this time. All right, and we're going to act out for you the story of the ten lepers. Now, in, and I need uh, Jesus over here. I don't know who Jesus is. All right, you're Jesus. The rest of you are all over here. You're going with Jesus, all right? All right, cool. Thank you guys for your all looking good there. Um, <clears throat> just a warning, we did not practice this at all. They did not know what they're really doing here. So this will either be really impactful and really good, or it'll be a flop. We, we got a 50-50 shot here, guys. So here we go. So we're going to be telling this, the story of um, Jesus and as his interaction with the 10 leopards and then drawing um, some conclusions from that here this morning. So um, first of all, we, we need to kind of, you know, trust, you need to look a little more holy here. There we go. Hey, there you go. Now look just like Jesus, man. All right. All right. Now, one of you guys is the, the, uh, this, is, uh, the Samaritan. Which one is, was the, the one who's going to be coming up? The thankful one. You are? All right. Here, this is for you here. Yeah. You can put that on there. All right. You're special. All right. All right. I don't want to touch you too much because you have leprosy. So, um, all right. So here we are. Um, we have the set the stage up here. We have, the, we have the 10 lepers. You guys are, are just pathetic. All right? I'll be honest with you. you get, not you, in the story, obviously. Um, you guys are outcasts of society. You, you've got this disease, this infectious um, skin disease. You have um, stuff all over your body. It hurts. It stinks. Um, and society has, has told you, you need to be away from us because you're contagious. 
you need to, you can't be near anybody. And in fact, if anyone even comes near you, you need to shout out, hey, unclean, unclean, so that they don't accidentally touch you and you get them infectious. So you guys are like down and out, worse people. Now, it was common for you guys to kind of band together because you guys all had leprosy. So, it, you know, it was, it was all right that way. But, um, but society really did not want to see you or be near you because they didn't want to get the disease as well. At the final stages, you could actually lose your fingers and your toes, that kind of stuff. So blessings to you guys. Um, one of you, at least one of you, uh, in the story it says, is even worse than that, believe it or not. Uh, one of you was even a Samaritan, and, and you are my friend. So, you know, it's, you know, you were an enemy to the Jews. You know, you were, you were just totally even worse than, than that. So, you know, that's who you guys are. Yeah, be proud. Be proud. And we got Jesus over here. How you doing, Jesus? Good. All right, man. I got your I got your words here. You got a couple of script here. Yours is in the red letters because Jesus always re- spoke in red for some reason in my Bible. Anyway, come on, that was funny, guys. <laughs> come, on. come on, that was good. All right. Anyway, all right. But anyway, Jesus, you were um, would set the stage here a little bit. You were you were coming down with your disciples, kind of thing. Remember that? Yeah, it was like two thousand years ago. And you were having a conversation with them. Do you remember what you're talking about? Now, I, yeah, it was 2,000 years ago. That's all right. That's cool. Anyway, you were, you were talking to them, and you were saying, hey, guys, you know what? If, if a master has, you know, servants, and they're out plowing the field and doing all this stuff, you know, when they come in, you know, is he going to say, you know, hey, you know, hey, go ahead and come sit and eat with me? He's like, no, won't, won't he rather say, hey, clean yourself up, make food for me, serve me, and all that? And, and, you know, even really, would he even really thank them? Because they're his servants, and they're doing what he's supposed to say. And he, he told them, the disciples, he's like, you know, likewise, when we do things, when we're servants, when we do as what we're told to do, we really shouldn't expect to receive thanks. We should be, hey, I'm, an un, um, I'm just an unworthy servant, and I'm just doing my job. I'm doing my duty. And you, so you remember, does the conversation, you remember it now? Still kind of a little phasing? That's right. Yeah, you had the whole cross and everything there too, kind of. But yeah, um, we're going to need a mic here for you. So anyway, so you're, you're, you're coming down with your disciples, and, and you come across um, this group. And this group, basically, they, they are standing at a distance, and they're crying out. This time you guys are crying out, um, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Go ahead and try again. Jesus, Master, have pity. I mean, you guys are hopeless, right? Like, hopeless. But this guy, might, you've heard of stories of this guy. He's, he, he's already healed another leopard, just, just to let you know. Leper, not a leopard, or that's an animal. Leper. And, you know, all right, so let's, let's try again. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. There you go. All right, all right, all right. And then and you told them, right here. Go show yourselves to the priests. All right, so, so what, this is interesting what Jesus does here. Every time Jesus responds, there's usually more there than, than what, you know, just on face value. One other time, you came down from the, uh, that really long sermon on a mountain kind of thing, and you came down from that, and you ran into another leper, and, and a person with leprosy, and they came to you, and they were, um, you actually reached out and touched them, and then said, go show yourself to the priest. And that was kind of wild, because no one touches a leper, guy with leprosy. That's kind of really weird. But this time, you just said, go show yourself to the priest. And, and the reason, the importance of that is, if for someone who was a leper, uh, who had leprosy, 
and who w was cured for some reason, or for whatever it be, the Old Testament laid out that what you would do is you would tell your town and your village, they would send out their priest, the priest would come out to you and meet you, and then would be like, you know, checking you out to make sure that you're okay and you're clean and you can go back into society. So this, this statement was basically saying, yeah, Go show yourself to the priest. You're well, but you're well. You're, you weren't well at this point. But the Bible says, as they went, then they were cleansed. So once they took that step of faith, they were then cleansed. They, were, they no longer had uh, leprosy. So, but one of them came back. So, yeah, come on. You can get rid of that because you don't have leprosy anymore. You, you can, yeah, all right? And, and the Bible says that he came back praising God in a loud voice. Thank you, God. Good job, man. You're, you're on that. Threw himself at Jesus' feet. Yeah, there you go. All right. And thanked him. And he was the Samaritan. And Jesus asked, now you asked, your, your disciples were all around you, and you asked this. Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except the foreigner? Foreigner, yes. I mean, as, as, and he's asking his, his disciples here, like, you know, hey, didn't I, I heal? All ten were healed, but only one came back. And then he said to the, the one. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. All right. And then, and then the amazing thing is the story just kind of ends here, and we don't know really a lot that happens from here. But, hey, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for telling the story of the text here this morning. <clears throat> oh, the angels played on the bench there. Look out, sight and sound. <laughs> Here comes Grace Point. <sighs> so yeah, the story, a familiar story, but the story just kind of ends there, and kind of like, well, did the other nine still be healed? Doesn't say. Was, when Jesus was asking those questions, was he actually uh, really serious? Like, did he not know? I mean, Jesus pretty much knew, knew a lot of things. Usually when he was asking questions, it wasn't because he wasn't... Uh, he didn't know. It's because he needed, uh, he was wanting us to, to think through some things. But anyway, I think there are some things here that we can take away um, from this, from with, in the mindset of thanksgiving. And the first one that I would like to draw attention to is that it's, it's, we're called this season that we're in thanksgiving, not thanksgetting. Doesn't sound as good to start, but it's thanksgiving, not thanksgetting. And when we see in this story that it's appropriate when we receive blessing, when we receive something that we shouldn't have received, when we receive something that was not in our own merit, it is totally appropriate to give thanks. But in context, when we see the, that, uh, hear the discussion that Jesus had, the conversation that he had with his disciples before this was like, man, if you're doing, if you're serving like you're supposed to be serving, you're doing your duty. You shouldn't really even... Be, it's okay if you don't receive thanks because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I think sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get those two confused and those two mixed up a little bit. And, and I'll do things and I'll be like, man, it'd be nice to be thanked for that. You know, especially at work, you know, it's like, it'd be nice to be appreciated. It'd be nice to be thanked. It's like, well, you're doing your job. You know, really, I mean, good management, yes, you should thank you. You know, I'm not saying that. But 
you know, is our attitude when we're giving, when we're serving, is it because we want to receive thanks and we want to be appreciated and we want to, um, you know, have a pat on the back? You know, the people in the nursery this morning, you know, the sound people, all the people that volunteer, anytime we do things, is it because we want to, you know, receive some credit for that? Or are we doing it truly because we're just serving and we're loving others? And it's appropriate to give thanks uh, for things that we receive, but not to expect to receive them. It's thanksgiving and not thanksgetting. And the second thing I, th- I see here in this story is the idea of us and Jesus especially serving the common good. And, and if you've been around Grace Point any length of time, you've, you've probably hear that, that tagline or that slogan of for the common good of our neighbors. And really what that means is, is what Jesus shows here and express here. He healed all 10 he didn't say, in, in this story, he didn't say, well, you know, come follow me, or unless you go do this, and unless you, you know, tithe 10%, and unless you do this and this and this, you know, then I'll heal you. No, he said, go, just go to, go to the priest. You're healed. One came back, we don't, and, and really, he said, weren't all 10 healed? So this idea of, of just common grace, of common uh, good of others, of serving people just for the common good, and as we serve uh, others, are we serving them just because it's the right thing to do? Just because there's a common grace there and a common love there that we can express and, um, and maybe not even receive the fruit of it, not even see that, but just to, um, to do that. And, and Jesus' perfect example of this is um, him dying on the cross for all of us, for all of our sins. He died for all of us while we were yet in sin, um, but yet not everyone recognizes him and turns to him. Um, the last um, point I'd like to bring out of this, this message or this text here about Thanksgiving is it's our choice to give thanks. And that's, uh, Jan had mentioned that a little bit um, during the beginning of the worship set of choosing to bless the Lord this morning, no matter what, um, where our mindset is or where we're coming from, but that it's our choice to be thankful. That is something that, that others people can't make for you that only you can make. And, um, you know, only one out of 10 lepers came back. And um, that's probably pretty common for, for us statistically to, to actually give thanks back to on things that we should. But to have that choice to see God in your situation. And that's hard sometimes. It's hard to see God moving in your situation and being thankful. I recognize that. But it is what we should be doing. It's our choice. And if we don't, I think what we'll notice in ourselves is this tendency to kind of just spiral downward. And I don't know, I mean, I think some of you know what I mean by that, of just, you know, this doesn't, you think this wrong, this is negative, and this is negative, and before you know it, you're just kind of down in the cellar, and you're, you're feeling a little bit like the great philosopher of our time, Eeyore, um, and this is what I mean by that. If it is a good morning, which I doubt. Hannah, did I get your tail back on properly, Eeyore? No matter. Most likely lose it again anyway. Poor dear. You know, I may have just the thing. Up, up, up you go. (laughs) There you are. It's an awful nice tail, Kanga. Much nicer than the rest of me. It's not much of a tail but I'm sort of attached to it. Not much of a house, 
Just right for not much of a donkey. Might take a day or two, but I'll find a new one. End of the road. Nothing to do. And no hope of things getting better. Sounds like Saturday night at my house. Oh, poor Eeyore. We all know people like that, don't we? If you don't, maybe you are. Never mind. Yeah. Um, you know, so how do we get ourselves back up out of that spiral? It's so easy to get ourselves in that spiral downward. And how, how can we get ourselves back up out of that at times and, and choose to be thankful? And, and one of the ways, I think, for me is to, to remember that, that I and all of us have, have started out over here. We, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We were all outcasts. We were all sinners. And Jesus died on the cross and restored our relationship with God, not because of anything that we did. And just taking myself back to that fact over and over again, that Jesus loved me and died for my sins when I was not worthy, um, helps me to be thankful because it's something that's it's huge. And, and I don't know where you're at on your faith journey here this morning. And if you find yourself over here still, that's, you know, I want you to know that there is hope. There is a way out. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you want to know more about that, talk to the person that brought you here this morning or Tim or myself. Uh, we'd love to share with you more about the, how to get out of that and how to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But that action of that, of, of Jesus loving me so much and helping, and my awareness of that helps bring me up out of that spiral. And I hope it does for you too. And the other thing is just, if there is anything at all, anything, something small that you know that you have, and it wasn't on your own merit, it wasn't something that you deserved, um, think on those things. Remember those things. Call them out. Write them down. And I think you'll see the more that we focus on pure things, holy things, righteous things, the more we will see ourselves becoming more thankful and grateful, even in the midst of trying times. So today my hope for us is that, you know, let us choose to be thankful and serve others unconditionally. Let's follow the model that Jesus showed us in this text here this morning of of loving others unconditionally, and of being thankful. Um, this morning, after the prayer here, uh, I'll wrap up with a prayer. The worship team is going to be leading us in a song called uh, 10,000 Reasons. Uh, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Familiar song to us. <clears throat> but one of the things I really like about this song is it's one of the few songs in our diet, our repertoire of songs, that actually is directed at myself. It's actually talking, it, you're saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul. You're telling yourself, it's time to bless the Lord, it's time to bless God. And we have few that have that kind of a language. A lot of our songs are, are hey, our God, let's sing about our God, or we're singing directly to God, hey God, you are. And they're great, and they're appropriate. But I think, um, I like, what I like about this song is that it just really kind of gets us to be, you know what, it's time to bless the Lord. It's time to, to see his goodness in our lives. And I hope that as we sing that here to this, uh, this afternoon, 
um, this morning that um, you will be able to say that to yourselves as well. So let us pray, and the worship team can come up, and we'll go from there. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for today and thankful, thankful that you died on the cross for us while we were sinners, Lord, that you loved us so much, and we're thankful that you are such a good God who gives us so many blessings. Lord, so many times we find ourselves, unfortunately, like the nine lepers who have received from you, but Lord, fail to recognize your hand. And Lord, help us to do better in that. Forgive us for those times, Lord. We desire to be a people who are continually looking to you, seeing your face, seeing how you're moving in our situation, and giving you praise, giving you honor, giving you glory that's due your name. Because you are a holy God, you're an awesome God, you are a merciful God, you're an ever-present God in our situations, and we thank you for being that kind of God. Lord, and I just pray for everyone here this morning that we can all choose to be thankful in the midst of wherever we're at, whether it be good or bad, that we can make that choice, Lord, to focus our eyes on you, to see your hand in our situations, and to say, bless the Lord, O my soul. Worship your holy name, Lord. Lord, there's so many reasons, so many things, Lord, that we can bless your name. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.